solid what? Foundation. Grace provides a strength to stand firm. Grace brings his best and the fullness of his promise. Every year I have received a wholeness. Every year I keep receiving. And I'm expecting for this year. And all of you should be expecting for this year. Isn't that exciting? Are we all excited? Yeah. God is good. All right, now we'll get into the lesson. Okay, I just love that little bit of revelation, and I taught it in real estate worship, and it was so cool because you could feel the anointing just flush through the room. It was just great, and it started making realtors think. I was like, think about if we do this in our business. I really want to hit this with the business people. If you really consecrate your business during that time of year, and then you don't know what you can receive at the end of that year, but it's going to be something that you need, and you don't even know what's going on while it's happening. Even though everybody was voicing me, you need a vacation. But to me, a vacation was, yeah. And sometimes a vacation, the best vacation is our house, isn't it? Yes, praise God. I'm, <laughs> I'm serious. I love my house. Okay, so let's talk about it. This is, what, this is a good bounce off of the importance of a relationship with God. It is important to know that we are supposed to be breathing, walking, and living and existing a relationship with the Father. We have a father. Nobody in here is abandoned and alone. You are to have a relationship with our father God, the one who created us. So if you can put up Todd, John 14, 12, and we're going to go through a couple of these steps. It's so beautiful. Jesus says, most assuredly, I say unto you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these he will do because I go to the Father. What's so beautiful is Jesus is trying to teach us how to move and move and go in a relationship with the Father. He says he's already guaranteed us some things in this verse. He already says, I say to you, he who believes in me, Jesus, his son, he was not just the son of man. He was the son of God. The works that I do, he will do also. Isn't that awesome? So he already tells us. Something that we're supposed to do is we're supposed to do all the works that Jesus did. Nobody in here is void of that. Isn't that awesome? We're to cast out demons. We're to save people. We're to um, make the sick what? If we lay hands on the sick, they're going to become what? Healed. Right. It says, and the greater works than these. So God already has greater works for each and every one of us. He will do because I Go to my Father. See, Jesus, God loves us so much. The Lord, our Father, loves us so much. He gave up a great fruit to us. He gave up his harvest, which was his son to us. Isn't that awesome? He actually gave us a harvest. He sowed into the earth and sent his son. And so when his son was resurrected back up, it was so important because he now goes to the Father. He is our mediator. He's our intercessor. We can go to the Father through Jesus. So it's so important for us to realize a relationship with the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit is so important. And it's when he tells us, go to the next verse, Todd. Go to the next verse. He also reminds us that whatever you ask in my name that I will do that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Now, we teach in this ministry, we're all to become what? Sons 
at glorious sons and glorious daughters of God. Okay, now we're first born as sons of men. But as we grow in the spirit, we are supposed to become sons and daughters of God. That's why we call it sonship and not it's discipleship. But we call it sonship because we want to actually be that tree of life and having the Father be glorified through us. How many people want to have the Father glorified through you? Mm -hmm. Okay, so awesome. So he says in the next verse, if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Man, isn't that powerful? We actually get to a level. We enter in new levels every year. We get blessed every year. We get asked to sow every year. We actually grow just so the Father can be glorified through us in our receiving. And also that we can ask anything in his name and he'll do it. Now, isn't that, doesn't that just make you want to run to the altar? Doesn't that just make you want to hit your harvest and your ingathering of what you're to receive every year? Because he wants himself glorified through us. Man, just the understanding of that. Wow, how much of a deeper relationship can I have? How much more, even when I feel stretched, will he ask me to do? I'm going to tell you, when he asks us like Abraham to take a different paradigm position, take a different look at something, do you know you'll get an energy that will lift you up so you can press through? He's asked me to do something a little bit different so I can see things at another level. And I'm telling you, it was powerful. It's been really powerful. The Holy Spirit, what is so awesome, is when he sent his son and his son was resurrected, we actually received the fruit of the son. The fruit of the son is the Holy Spirit. Okay? It is the fruit of Christ's mediation of a relationship with the Father. We actually get the ingathering, the inheritance of what the son and the father's relationship was, which is the Holy Spirit. We actually partake of Jesus's fruit. Isn't that awesome? And he wants to partake of our fruit. It's a back and forth relationship. It's so beautiful. It's romantic. It's awesome. The Holy Spirit. Oh, I'm sorry. We can receive by his intercession because our Holy Spirit is our advocate. He is our counselor. He is our monitor. He is our comforter. He abides in us so we can build and build this relationship of love with the Father. So isn't that awesome? Praise God. Please put up. What I love about the Father is as he is the giver. He's a giver. He always wants to be known as the giver. <laughs> he really does. Go to James 1.17. It says, every good gift and perfect gift is from above, and it comes down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. You know, my other Bible had it written, as there is no, it says, who does not change like shifting shadows. You know what? Guess who shifts like shadows? The Son of Man. Okay? Us. We can easily, when we don't stand firm, and stand steadfast and stay in relationship, we start shifting like what? Shadows, being tossed to and fro, not knowing what he's really doing. You know what? He doesn't give us all the details, but he sure gives us the times and the seasons. Okay, doesn't that give you peace to know the times and seasons? To know that he's, he's trying to do something and to bring something into our life? But he does not change. He can't change. There is no partiality in God. We are all equal. He wants to give and bless and love us with good gifts and perfect gifts to all of us. 
We can't look at ourselves as any different than the other person sitting next to you. We can't look at ourselves as any better. We, we become whole as we start to develop a relationship with him through the Son and the Holy Spirit so we can become who he has created us to be. Because in that, when we get into that place, a lock into being a son and a daughter of God and knowing whose you are, guess what? All prosperity is coming your way. All supply is coming your way. Answers, clear. How many people get clear answers from God? Yes, clear answers from God. And then when you've got to move, because I'm going to tell you, in the in-gathering season, when you're transitioning from your rest into your resurrection, guess what? He's going to tell you how to gather it in. He's going to show you how to bring it in. And he's going to restrain evil from stopping anything. Hey, when you're far into this delivery process, <laughs> I'm telling you, when you cross over this, there is angels restraining evil, stopping anything from you doing anything than what God wants done. I loved it. On October 3rd, when I broke my ankle, I fell down. And no kidding, I felt grace around me. I couldn't even feel my ankle hurt. They wanted to sedate me. I was like, no, I'm okay. And a man came to me and said, you're so beautiful. I've seen that man since then. He said he didn't, he was, didn't know why he said that, he told me. You know what I mean? It's so crazy. Do you know what I mean? God already had protection protecting me so I could get through the time and recognize where he was in it. How many times do we miss the goodness that God is doing thinking it's a tragedy? Okay, I really want us to think about this. We have to grow up and know that when we go through this working out our salvation and we go from glory to glory, it is like this. There are seven stages. I oh, know I'm not doing this really well, but you see how this is people? And in the spirit, and in the spirit, every, every time you go through your rotations, you are what? Increasing so you can see like God, okay? You can see in that third heaven. You get excited because you can actually see God's plan even though the world can't see it. The world, can, and that's what we're going to talk about because there is a highway of holiness and the world's assignment through Satan, okay, through influences, through darkness, want to pull you off, okay? When we are at a time right now that as you're transitioning from the rest in the resurrection in September, between we only have a month and a half. Now, who is the devil working on? Raise your hand. You don't have to tell me. But the devil's working on some people in here. Why? Because if he can get you to miss the 100% that you're to get, come on. Some will, we're always going to receive some 30, some 60, some 100%. Hey, I want to get 100%. Okay, I know that every year I probably didn't get my 100%, but I mean, I still received. But the enemy wants to come in and he wants to kill, steal, and destroy what you're going to experience in your resurrection. Ain't that awesome? Okay, I mean, it's not awesome that the devil does that. <laughs> I think it's awesome that we can identify the times and seasons. I think it's awesome that we can root ourselves and we can really stand firm like a tree that doesn't move in the river. I mean, on the side of the river that never withers and never fades away. Isn't that awesome? 
Okay, I get really excited about it because there's no shadow of turning. There's no change in him. Okay, so there is a true birthing process of the soul through Jesus as we go through these seasons and times. Our Father is the giver. Jesus is the deliverer. Jesus is the deliverer. We, are, we can never come to the full resurrection till we recognize Jesus was sent to be our what? Our deliverer, our redeemer, our healer. There are certain times we actually have to go through rotations through this soul so we can work out our salvation because he can never birth what is of him through a dirty soul. He can only birth through a change that happened in your soul. And so when we enter in our season, when we hear a word, okay, and we know that word's for me. Everybody knows when that word's for them because you don't like it. <laughs> like that one's not for me. That one's for that one, right? Okay. We so easily press a word onto somebody else. And then it's like, is that me? Okay, right? We reason. We actually have such capabilities of reasoning ourselves away from going through the birthing process of the soul to receive a resurrection for the season. Your resurrection could be a healing. Your resurrection could be a receiving something that you really need. Your resurrection could be a new job. It can be a new relationship. It can be whatever God wants to give you because he wants to make us what? whole. Okay. So our father is the giver. I call him the warehouse. He's the warehouse. I love, I'm into warehouses lately. I could buy a warehouse. Okay. And then Jesus is the deliverer. He's the agent. He's the one that's got to decide where we are in our process to release what God, the goodness of God. He turns to God and says, okay, you can release that. Now I'm going, I'm going, and he'll be the deliverer. He's going to bring it down. Then we have, I love this, the Holy Spirit within us. He is the receiver. He's going to catch the pass, right? He actually catches it. I love this. I, <laughs> he decides to induce us to receive. Okay. You know I delivered a baby this week, right? He decides to induce us to receive. It comes from the inside, and then the outside receives the manifestation. The induction happens from the inside, from the receiver of the Holy Spirit. See, they've got this all worked out. We stand on her earth as vessels. <laughs> and the Holy Spirit, the Son, and the Father's got us all figured out. He's got us all figured out. But he's like, will they receive? Will they receive the fullness of the Spirit so that he can move you through those pinnacle times? You know, because the enemy's going to work on our what? Our soul, because our soul truly has to produce the action being told to it. For the advancement of the resurrection. Man, if we're sleeping all the time and we're not worshiping, we're not in our word, and we're whining and complaining, you are missing your season. It's going right by you. You're just like this. I'm missing my season. And then you can't hear God when he says, hey, I need you to get up and do this. I need you to go do this. And you're saying the whole time, because this is how it's been for me. Every time, every year, every receiving, whether it was even at rest for three months, I mean, he had to sit me down. I couldn't go do anything. But I could talk a lot. <laughs> really? Am I sitting here really? I mean, it is amazing how he's going to get you. The Lord showed me movement has to do with, the, when we're in the movement in the body, has to do with place, posture, and position. He is always ready to move us into a new level, into a new position. But we've got to go through a new place in our mind. We have to go through a new posture 
That means there's something you got to change. You've got to give up that you may think, I love Chris's story. He gave up his first fruit. God asked him to give up his, one of his grills. He had two grills. One grill was really awesome to the world, but his favorite grill was the simple grill. But he did it. He gave. He said, you give them your, you give them your favorite one. Because our favorite thing would be our what? Our first fruit. We, sometimes we have to give up things. Sometimes, hey, sometimes we have to give up our children. Sometimes we have to give up something in a job. Sometimes we have to give up an attitude. Sometimes we have to give up, when I talk about posture, when you're in the giving time, there is something you have to give up that God is not in. God is not in. God is not in control. He even talks about in Revelations. He's not into that group. It begins with the Nickelodeon, Nickeladians or whatever. That means controlling people. So who is your idol? Who do you control? What are you controlling? What are you trying to make happen that God didn't ask you to? Do you know the word strive is the base word for strife? So we're not to actually strive for things in the world. Okay? Because it brings what? Strife. When we get ahead of God, it can bring strife. All right? So God wants us to recognize that when we receive in the Spirit, now he can start inducing the labor. He can start inducing something. That's why we're not, don't look at what everybody else does. God's working with you. Man, sometimes we get so stuck. Well, they do this and I don't do this. They have this gift and I don't have this gift. Not your time. Relax. Let the induction, those youth went down to King Jesus. And I love it. The father was sitting there and he knew what he was going to do with Todd, what he was going to do with Christian, what he was going to do with Kaylee, what he was going to do with everybody. He already had it all down. It was so awesome. Everybody received something, but it was pure because it was induced from the inside out. When I heard their testimonies, some of these kids already knew what they were asking God for, and they were in hope, but hope does not disappoint when the love of God is poured upon you by the what? Holy Spirit that is in you. It is the true induction. It is so beautiful. Isn't that awesome? Our soul has to produce the manifestation. The Holy Spirit's job is to quicken the desire. Boom, once the induction happens, the desire is quickened. Once the induction happens, then what happens? The encouragement, the hope starts to rise in expectation. Come on, how many people have felt that? I'm so excited because, yes, I know the desire that hit me, right? It hits you. And you know what? A desire could be mending a relationship through unforgiveness. A desire could be a desire be exchanging shame for honor, and God asks you to do something. A desire could be, no, I want to love on people. I don't want to reject them. So I want you to think about this. We all have things to work through. There is something that God is working with through everybody. Isn't that awesome? He encourages the hope, because hope does not disappoint if it's from him. He actually wants to quicken that desire. Okay, aren't you excited? So the world tries to induce us prematurely because we decide what we think we're receiving. Come on, how many people have been there, right? We actually, we actually hit a point, and I, as we're walking this path where we've decided what God's going to give us, and then we decide when we're going to get it. And we start working it, right? And it's not that God doesn't want to give it to us. But it just not might, be, it might not be that time. You have to know how to lead, be led by 
the Spirit. The sons of God are led by the Spirit of God. Do you guys like this? Isn't this soft? This is good. Okay, so <laughs> let's go to, hold on, Todd. There's one verse I want to go to. It's about the highway of holiness. I don't know if I wrote that on the sheet. Oh, yeah, Isaiah 30. I want you to go to Isaiah 35.8. I know I'm, I skipped something, but we'll go back to it. God's goal, his ultimate goal for all of us is he's wanting us to be what? Matured. He wants us to matured in the process so we can do through his peace our, what we're called to do on the earth. So as we are going through this, there's like, everybody knows what a highway looks like? It's got three lanes, you know what I mean? And then you have cars, right? Well, he wants us to say in the fast lane, the highway of holiness. He doesn't want us going in the slow lane. He wants us to, ooh, that is the highway. Yeah. Crash and burn. Okay. All right, Isaiah 35, 8 says, A highway shall be there, and a road, and it shall be called the highway of holiness. The unclean shall not pass over it, but it shall be for what? Others, whoever walks the road, although a fool, shall not go astray. Now, um, you can just lean it. Yeah, we're going to do it like that. I can bend down. Maybe not. Let's just put it against this. Move that out. All right. Praise the Lord. So there is a highway God is wanting us all to travel in. And as we travel in, it has to do with death, burial, rest, and resurrection. And as we're going through that process, he wants to, that is for all people. That is for everyone. But sometimes as we're walking through it, you can feel like a fool because sometimes God's asking, you can't put it all together until after that year. Then it becomes a true testimony. But as you're going through it, you may not understand all the details. I know when he did the year and he said, you will come to zero, and I would be financially debt-free. That was an interesting year. Do you know what I mean? And most of the work of the ingathering happened from September till the end of the year. That's when it really started getting good. September is when it started getting good. But all this other stuff had to happen before the shift. And then it really was, I received, I am out of debt. The only person I owe is the IRS. Isn't that an awesome place to be? That is an awesome place to be. That's it. I mean, I just have to pay my tithes, pay the, pay the government, and then just live happily. You, act, you can do so much growth spiritually by not having to worry about a dime and knowing that he supplies all your needs. So every year, when I go back and look at that year, I go, wow. And that was my first year. When, you, when God gave me a desire of what he was going to work on, I didn't ask any questions. All I did was seek him, worship him, and in that, he aligned everything I need. Can we trust God that much? We have to have such a trust in God that he's trying to bring us to the next, the new level, the new place in him, the new position. All right, God wants us to be matured. Why? Why does God, he wants us to grow up in this maturity. He wants us to experience, not just to receive an ingathering. There are other reasons why. So what are those reasons? First, he wants us to become like the Father. See, there's a key thing. Jesus came on the earth so he could be 
like, key word, like his father. We're not to be God. We are to be like him. Go to Matthew 5.48. Matthew 5.48 says, Therefore you shall be perfect, just as your father in heaven is perfect. God wants us to be perfected in his love. He wants to be perfected in what we're called to do. And the word tells us that. He wants us to be like him. Go to verse Leviticus 19.2. Remember, he is a giver. He wants to give us a perfect life. Speak to all the congregation of the children of Israel and say to them, you shall be holy for I, the Lord your God, am holy. He wants us to be like him. Next verse, Ephesians 5.1 tells us, therefore be what? Imitators of God, dear children. Isn't this awesome? As we grow up, every step we mature, we are becoming imitators of him. We're becoming more holy. We are increasing up and we are what? Going from glory to glory. From where? The inside out. Okay, this is so awesome because he just wants us to realize he wants us to be in that place where he is. He wants us to be like him Two, the second reason. What is the second goal for our maturity in this to do the work of the son? Like we read in John 4, 12, he wants us to do the same works he does. And he wants us to do works that are what greater. He wants us to do works that are greater. Go to Philippians. 312. Jesus is the agent. The Holy Spirit is there so we can receive the gift, the greater thing. Hey, think about it. We actually got the Holy Spirit in us, something greater, and we can give it to somebody else in due season. Not that I have already attained or I'm already perfected. See, that's this is the this is the feeling Paul had. But I pressed on that I may lay hold of that for which what? Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. Isn't that beautiful? He really wants us to get this thing that we can do the works of the Son, but it's going to be a process. Every year, we gain a measure of a new level in Christ. If you are pursuing Him, and you are seeking that kingdom, and you are pressing in, He says, I, I'm not that I have already attained or am already perfected, but I press on. God can use each and every one of you today. He can use you tomorrow. He can use you the next year. But if you're pursuing him, he can actually increase in you and induce and expand your territory on the outside because he expanded himself from the inside. Okay, our greatest ingathering is the increase of Christ in us, the transform of Christ in our soul so we can receive a manifestation from the outside. See, things are going to have to come from the outside, but the induction happens from the inside. All right? So the third reason, the third reason we are to grow up in maturity like the Father is to inherit the keys to the kingdom of God. Put Matthew 16, 19. That is our true wealth. That is the true increase. If we, can, if we can increase on the inside to do the works of ministry, do what God has called us to do. The word says, and I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Now think of it this way. 
Then I will give you. What does it mean, the keys of the kingdom? That means he wants to give you authority. Okay? Every step we grow, he increases in us so we can gain authority. Now let me read the sentence like this. And I will give you authority of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you forbid on earth will be forbidden and will be bound in heaven. And whatever you permit on earth will be loosed in heaven. That's what those words mean. Bind means to forbid. To loose means to permit. We actually have the authority, even here, the born-again Christian already has a measure of authority to bind something on earth and to loose something. They actually have the authority to forbid and permit. Because why? When you became born again, the power of sin died. But yet you still have the residue that you're dealing with, that we have to grow up. Every measure, we lose some of our residue. We bind it. We forbid it. And then what do we do? We loose the kingdom of God inside of us. We loose another. We permit the Holy Spirit to be induced in us. Isn't this beautiful? Man, I love, I love pregnancy. I'm telling you, I can't wait to be pregnant. <laughs> I'm pregnant now. Now, I'm serious. Everybody sitting here is pregnant right now. Everybody. Every man, everybody's pregnant right now, okay? Because he's got something that you have to what? Right. But in the birthing, you first got to have the authority of that season to bind. That means to forbid. And then what? Permit. When you forbid something, you're going from the old to the new. Okay? That's the first, that's the first season. Okay? And when you're going to permit something is when you sow it. Man, when you, can, when you permit something, it's not saying, I give you permission to talk to me. No, I'm giving permission to let go of something. Come on. Isn't this good? Praise God. I know I'm excited. I get so excited. I was like, what am I going to bind and loose today, right? But I can only do what he tells me, all right? <laughs> this is so cute. I love helping people deliver babies. God gives me, I'm, there's going to be a book, and it's going to be about birthing the soul or something, but it's going to be used through women's pregnancy stories. I'm going to have a chapter Rachel. I'm going to have a chapter, Phineas. I'm going to have a chapter. <laughs> I'm going to have a chapter on each one because, boy, the Lord has really put me. I didn't want to help people have babies. People ask me, will you help me deliver an, a baby natural? Because I delivered Rachel natural. But God is using it. There's a miracle in every story, and he teaches me something about him every time. It's so powerful. So we are to be declaring authority to forbid and permit. Now, that would be, let's now, that would be invested. The authority is supposed to be invested in us as his children. So everybody in here should be expecting. Everybody has a delivery date to be expecting of something that he has for you in your life. So now let's look at Peter. Peter's a very good example. Carrie gets uncomfortable. Jesus, the agent, tested Peter before the gift was given. In the highway of holiness, we are tested. This is where there is times, okay, you ever hear this? Off-road, off-road riding. 
The people are into trucks. I don't know. Paige should be here. She'd love this. I don't know. I just, we get off-road damage. That's what hit me. When we get off the highway of holiness, we get off-road damage. There are two th- ways we do that. Two ways we get off-road damage. So the first way, wait, I, I wrote a different order here. All right. Let's go to Peter. I have to look my book on this one. I had a certain order for this to go. Oh, it's 16. All right, here we go. Go to, Todd, verse 16, verse 13. And we're going to go one verse at a time. This is awesome. Now we're going to look at how Peter, how Jesus tested Peter before he received. And how, this is a good story because he didn't get off-road damage. This is a success story. I should have probably saved it for last. But okay, it says, When Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippia, he asked his disciples, saying, Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? Now, I love this. When you know you're up for a test, somebody's going to ask a question. And we love tests in this place. We have tests. We have to answer questions. Okay, so don't get offended. When there's a test here, it's okay because we're being tested on where we're at. So he asked the disciples saying, who do men say that I, which he already labels himself, the son of man am? Next verse. So they said, some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah, some others say Jeremiah or of the prophets. Next verse. He said to them, but who do you say that I am? Next verse. Simon Peter answered and said, you are the Christ. You are the son of the living God. Is that the right answer? Yes, because next verse. Jesus answered and said to him, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father who is in heaven. The first thing that we can get off-road damage off the highway of holiness is when we won't listen to the Father through the Son. Okay? And he shows this. He kept asking him. He asked him, who are the people saying I am? And the people didn't know who he was, did they? Some said this, some said that. None of them consulted the Father. So they weren't listening for the voice of truth. But Jesus was excited because he said, he called him Simon Peter, and then he called him his full name, and he was proud of him. For flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. That has to do with what? Relationship. That means something hit him and the right answer came out. And it was only because he was seeking the Father. He was in a relationship with the Son. So he gets to the Father. And so he gave an answer that came right from heaven. Now, how many people here know it's important to hear the voice of God? absolutely hear the voice of God. Do you know Peter was blessed? Peter was blessed. I'm going to tell you how Peter was blessed. I couldn't believe when this hit me. Now, let me see what verse was that. 17, I don't want you to go to the next thing, Todd. Okay, yeah, go to the next one. 18. It says, and I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. So what he was saying is, 
The rock is a foundation, is a pillar, is important. It cannot what? Move. And what was the rock God is talking about? The voice of the Father. He was saying, I'm going to build this rock upon this rock. Not Peter. He was not talking about Peter. He was talking about the rock that, what did Peter do? He gave the right answer because he heard it from the Father. All right, we don't want to get off our damage. We've got to ask. He says, if you ask in my name, I will give you what? An answer. We have to truly seek a relationship with the Father because on it, he's going to build his church. He's going to build the, we are part of, we are the church of Jesus Christ, the ministry of reconciliation. So the rock is the voice because when the voice speaks and the person does or the person says, it is eternal. It's not going to change. You can't break that rock. You can throw stones, but you can't break rocks, right? Okay. So that goes with my last lesson. That's really kind of cute if you think about it, but I don't know if you remember. All right, go to verse 19. It says, and I will give you, oh, no, don't go to that. I'm sorry. I, I had started with that already. So don't you get it? Do you see how this is developing? So the first thing in relationship we have to know with the Father that's going to be immovable is hearing the voice, not the voice of men. We don't want to hear the voice of men. Peter was not induced by man. Peter was induced by the Spirit, hearing the Father who Jesus was. He was the living God. Isn't that beautiful? But yet he knew that Peter already went out and talked to all the men. What did the men say I was? Some said Elijah, some said this, some said that. Was Peter induced by man? Peter heard man, but he was not induced by the men. See, think about that. How many times do we go out and we start talking about things and then we change our mind because of something somebody told us? And the whole time, we already kind of knew the truth inside. How many times do we search for another answer? And we just let the world induce us, right? off-road damage, right? Can you imagine going so fast and knowing you're on this highway of holiness, this acceleration, and then all of a sudden you decide to listen to somebody else after you were already told off-road damage. Isn't that cool? Okay, I'm trying to help you not have off-road damage in the rest. That is the purpose here, not to have the off-road damage. All right, so now what's this? Now we're going to go into a second test, but let me tell you how he received. I think it's Revelations 2, 2, 17. Now, this is what's so beautiful. Peter did what was right. Guess what Peter received? It says, he who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To him who overcomes, I will give him the hidden manna to eat, and I will give him a white stone, and on the stone a new name, written, which no one knows except for him who receives it. In the word, it says, he said, he called Peter by his name, Peter. He called Jesus by his name, which was the Christ Jesus, the living God. So Peter passed the test because he got the answer from God. He didn't get the answer from the people. He actually had an ear to hear. Let him hear what the spirit says. Well, to him who overcomes, I will give him some of the hidden manna to eat. That means an answer. He will give you the truth. He will give you a secret, something nobody else knows. Nobody else knew who Jesus was. They thought he was Elijah. They thought he was Jeremiah. They thought he was somebody else. But he had a name. 
And then Jesus turned and said, and you're Peter. You are Peter. So Peter was the name that's on the white stone for him. And it wasn't, Peter's not the rock. His ability to see and hear in the spirit. Okay, now we're going to talk about how off-road damage happened to Peter. (laughs) This is awesome. Now Jesus tested Peter again. He tested all his disciples. And we don't want to get off the road. We don't want to be induced prematurely, which is something Peter started to do. Go to verse, Todd. Hold on. Oh, okay. Go to Matthew 16, 13. Oh, did we just do that one? I don't want that one. No, no, no. I'm sorry. Matthew, oh, 20, 16, 21. All right. From that time, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and the chief priests and the scribes and be killed and be raised on the third day. Now, this is different. Jesus isn't asking his disciples a question about who he is. He's now telling them the future. I want you to think about this. Jesus tells us things. Jesus will also show us things before they happen. Next verse. So he showed him that this was going to happen. Then Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him, saying, Far be it from you, Lord, that this shall happen to you. Peter told him, far be it. He actually, Peter took him aside and began to rebuke Jesus, saying to him, far be it from you, Lord, this shall not happen to you. Next verse. But he turned and he said to Peter, get behind me, Satan. You are an offense to me, for you are not mindful of the things of God but the things of men. Okay. Right before that, Peter passed his test. (laughs) And what test did he pass? He wasn't part of the compromising church. He passed the test. He knew who he was. Okay. I love it. In the first row, we got to learn who he is. We're not going to compromise Jesus. We are going to know he is our living God. Okay. But now he failed the next church test, which was the persecution. The moment Jesus started telling him what was going to happen, he decided Jesus isn't to be persecuted because he's the living God. But then Jesus would have never got to his destiny. How many times have we shared with people what we've seen in the spirit with God and then we delayed a destiny because they didn't want to go through the persecution? God only told you to help pray for them. But if you see something for yourself, sometimes there are roads we have to walk in Christ It's one of the things we have to overcome. It's one of the steps that we have to go from glory to glory. Our flesh getting from the death burial into the resurrection, there is going to be some persecution. All right? But you've got to be able to handle it. Hey, I love it when people come in this ministry and they're like, I can't worship, I can't worship, I can't worship. When I start worshiping, my phone rings, somebody comes to visit, all this stuff, get over it right? Turn the phone off. Tell people don't bother you for 30 days. You've got to worship. Take the persecution. When God is taking you to a new level, he's going to test, are you willing to take the persecution? Jesus was teaching his disciples six months out before it happened. And immediately Peter starts saying, no, you don't have to go through that. No, this isn't going to happen to you. But Peter actually caused an offense. Now we're going to define offense. Because we, we, we think offense is when somebody says something and hurts our feeling. That's not an offense. That's an emotional offense, okay? 
the true spiritual offense that there is, an offense. Now, I'd like to draw a picture for this, but it's kind of low. I'll try to image it out. Offense, this is a, this is a definition right out of the, uh, the Greek. It is a trap stick. It is a spent sapling. It is a movable stick with a bait. Has anybody ever seen that? A stick with a carrot and a person's holding it? You know, you don't have to put it up. I think they get it. You guys get it? Okay. So that's like me walking with a stick and I'm dangling something that I want to try to control a person. So I, Teresa comes to me and she tells me something God says. Oh, no, wait, Teresa. You're not to do this. You're not to do that. You'd be bad if you did that. Don't be doing that. Don't, that, that person's not good enough for you. And then all of a sudden, what did I just do? I set an offense. The definition of offense is not, <laughs> the first three words are off. Okay, off-road damage. Do you get it? Off-road damage. An offense in the spirit is when you actually get somebody off the highway of holiness. That's what Peter was doing, even though Peter had already overcome a measure in Christ. He overcame the compromising church, but he has not overcome the persecution church. Peter was a coward. Peter didn't like persecution. Peter ran. Okay, Peter didn't like conflict. All right. When Peter needed to walk through it, Peter needed to do what he was supposed to do, but he wasn't supposed to talk at that time. He actually became an offense to Jesus. You are an offense to me for you are not mindful of the things of God. Peter just started talking and did not talk to the father. He didn't consult the father. He didn't hear what Jesus had to say and then consult the father and then gave, you know, whatever he learned. Instead, he said what was from his emotions. See, persecution, the thing that hits us, our emotions don't want to be persecuted because we want to be good people. We, we put ourselves in that tree of good and evil. Well, if I don't, this puts me good, this puts me bad. But God just wants us to hear his voice and do what he's asked us to do because there's nothing that he's going to ask us to do that is going to be wrong in the earth. It's only going to be to advance the earth. See, Jesus had to die to advance the earth. To, to redeem us into a relation, a closer relationship with the Father. He was showing with that. How many times have we stuck the trap stick, the sapling, with the offense, telling somebody our opinion when it was never what God wanted for them, and they actually got off track? Come on, I've made that mistake. Being so zealous for God. Sometimes I've said something I shouldn't have said at a certain time. Just because I just thought, if I tell them... But that wasn't for me to tell. Do you know what I mean? It might not have been something because it was my, we have no opinions in Christ. I love this. <laughs> I remember when I got that down, we're not allowed to have an opinion. I tell people that. Don't give me your opinion. Don't give me your opinion. Talk to the Holy Spirit. Come back. I'm training real estate agents and I'm saying, they asked me for the answer. Nope. Consult the Holy Spirit. Ugh, I drive everybody crazy. I've been telling Rachel every day, what is the Holy Spirit telling you to do? Mom. I said, he has the answer. Do you know what I mean? I'm not going to be an offense to your progress. Isn't that awesome? Okay, this is really deep. I loved it when the Lord revealed this to me. He says, an offense, when you have a trap stick, you're to bait, you're trying to pull people towards what you want. That is considered a snare or a stumbling block. And it causes an error or a sin. It actually causes somebody to error. 
in Christ. It actually puts them in the wrong column, and then their true victory for the season just got passed for that year. I'm being serious. I've seen it already. There are people who've already gotten into the wrong column, and they're going to miss the fullness they would have gotten for this year. Just because they didn't ask the Father when somebody asked them. They feel like they have to give their opinion all the time. We have to become to a place. And I'm not saying I haven't made that mistake. I have. But let me tell you, I have really repented from it. I don't want to say the things I shouldn't say. I don't want to, to give somebody my opinion of how their life should be or what I think is normal. Because it's not, that's not my job. My job is to have a relationship with the Father and let the Father tell me in relationship what is to be. Do you know what I mean? And we know that we have authority when we know how to bind and loose and move with these things. We know what we have to let go. Isn't this awesome? All right. Do you guys really like this? So I'm going to ask you, have you induced yourself? Have you induced another? The offense, the snare induces a person from the outside in. We don't want to be induced from the outside in. Somebody can tell me I am awesome and I'd make a great evangelist. And I could start convincing myself I could be an evangelist. And you put me out there? Right, I'm going to teach. That would have put me into a, that would have got me off road. No kidding. I sat in the Episcopal church all those years. And I'm telling you, the minister there, he came right up to me and said, you're going to be a lay minister. I was like, okay, I want to be. I thought that was great. Until he gave me the book. And he showed me all I had to study and all the tests I had to take. I was like, forget it, right? It wasn't that. I thought it'd be fun to do the lay minister job. And I was living with a man unmarried. Get that, right? But think about this. That doesn't mean the man didn't see what was God. She's supposed to be in ministry. Do you know what I mean? But I had a lot of changes that had to happen before God was going to move me into ministry. But yet, that was almost like a stick with a bait, feeling complimented. Getting me off-road. Man, the counterfeit's going to come with the stick and the carrot. Okay? So be excited. If God didn't show it to you, okay, and it had not been witnessed to you, then stop talking. Don't talk to people. Talk to God. Talk to Father. Be in that relationship. God will send people to talk to you with what he wants to talk about. But you know how hard it is to get us to deal with our emotions? I made this drawing in the book. I don't know if it's this one. I thought I did. I can't remember what it was, but it's really cool. You know, we have to be able to hear the word of God. We have to be able to choose the word of God. But the big battle comes in our emotions. Because when we don't fear the right, when we have fears, fears is where the tempter is going to come in and he's going to dangle. The counterfeit comes and gets you off-road. Isn't that incredible? How many people have missed it? You know what I mean? But how many people have gotten it, right? How many of us have gotten through where we have been in the receiving? All right, we know when that wrong voice is speaking through us through another person. All right, in the world, I can go to school, I can get a degree, and people will consider me an expert, right? But when, but when the rubber really meets the road and you are in a trial and you have a problem, Sometimes your education is not going to give you the answer to the situation or solve the truth. Only through a living God can we get the truth. Can we get what we need? In our weakness, he becomes stronger. 
Man, he loves it when we don't throw a title. He loves it when we throw our weakness. Do you know what I mean? I love it. Rachel, Rachel gets her real estate license. Everybody, you know, let me have you. Rachel came to me. Mom, I don't know anything about real estate. I said, I know. I know. You're going to learn on-road training. Do you know what I mean? You're going to, everybody who's been in our minute, who's been over the business, they're, Todd is not a contractor. He's learning on-road training right now, but only through the Holy Spirit. I love, Gene tells stories about awesome moments where he may not know how to do something, but guess what? The Holy Spirit knew how to show him. So we've got to make our main source, not our title. Our main source is what? Our receiver, which is the Holy Spirit who wants to do that. So we have to know everything has to do with cause and effect, cause and effect. Everla- we want everlasting effect. You know, we can be, I had this vision when I was meditating on this, you know, a syringe and then you take a medicine bottle and you extract the medicine from the bottle into the syringe. Sometimes we can be at such a full sur- syringe, but have no authority to administer the medicine. That's exactly what Lord time. I was like, that's pretty deep. We can be a full syringe, but not be usable to administer the medicine. So that means we can be full of the word, but if we don't get into a true relationship with the father to hear his voice and then to not become an offense, that we actually become a syringe unusable with no authority. And remember, the third thing he wants us to do is declare his authority in the earth. He wants us to mature so we can declare the authority that he has because he can't speak into the earth. He has to use us. So with that induction of the spirit growing and pushing out the darkness is so another fullness of him. So another level of authority can be made on the earth. Man, our youth, they're going to go, their overcoming is going to move faster so that they will be a more powerful people at a younger age. You know, sometimes it's harder when we've grown up with a lot of opinions to change our way, you know? Okay, so praise God. What's the time check, Todd? Okay, am I, how long have I been teaching? Okay, okay, then we're getting somewhere. No, really, we're almost done. So <laughs> I have to be positive. I'll tell you another trick. Go to now 1620, the verse I told you not to put up. God is not into um, an unwanted revival. Okay, and he told it to his disciples. He doesn't want people to go beyond him. He wants the revival, but it's going to come. He says he commanded his disciples after they knew who he really was. He commanded his disciples that they should tell no one that he was Jesus the Christ. Now, why? Why do you think that would be? Jesus wasn't trying to make himself famous. He wanted his works given to him by the Father to make the statement. And he wanted people to seek God for the real answer. He didn't want to induce anything from the outside to the people. He wanted it come from an inside growth. He was so excellent with his 12 disciples. Do you know how much he labored with them when they didn't understand? And they fought over things and they, they didn't under... They just... They were, because they were still living in their own opinion. They were still living in their own, their own move. Okay, we're almost done. So there is time where things are taken away. We can fall away from that highway of holiness and we can become that lost sheep. Now I want you to know this. If you become a lost sheep off the highway, you are going to be exposed. What are you going to be exposed to? The wickedness of the world. 
And when you get out there, if you are going to be in offense, you have put your, and you're not going to hear the voice of God in your movements. You put yourself out there to be exposed and you become what's called a lost sheep. You actually become exposed to the flesh and the cross. It says in 1 Corinthians 1 it becomes an offense to you. So now isn't it amazing? Jesus came and said the cross, the way, the truth, and the light would be an offense to those who are perishing. Those who are perishing are off-road. How are they perishing? They're not listening for the voice of the Lord, okay? And what's the second thing? They're saying things to other people. They're offending. They're putting offenses out there, not to hurt a person's feelings. They don't even know they're being used to pull somebody off on the wrong road. And then there's offenses that come to you. People, they're, they're being nice and friendly, but they're actually telling you something and you start believing in them more you believe in the Father. Do you see the trust we have to build? That is an anchor to our soul. Jesus is an anchor to our soul. His word. Because he doesn't want an unwanted revival. He wants it to be pure. He wants it to come from a pure heart. This ministry is so blessed because God is making sure it's going to be birthed in the purity of his heart. There is not, it's not going to be an unwanted revival. It's going to be a pure heart that's going to pull this place right to where God wants it to be for the ingathering of the souls. There's an ingathering of souls. There is already a measure that's going to be brought into here, and he is working us through the process. We can't have 100 people line up the door if we're still going to offend them. Do you know what I mean? If we're going to be the offense... Okay, if we're not going to take the time to let our minds experience a different paradigm, see it from the eyes of God, keep pushing every year for that maturity, keep pushing for that next resurrection. If there is something that's not whole in your life, then he's going to make it whole. But it's only going to be, I'm going to tell you, he's only going to do it through death, burial, rest, and resurrection. And he's only going to do it, do you know what I mean? If you're going to hear his voice and you're going to do what? Not be an offense. You're really going to seek God's voice. Isn't it beautiful? It is so beautiful. He is, we have a great God. I like that. So we don't want to pull away the places that places you on another plane. Don't get into the other lane because that will be an error. We don't want to be in the slow lane. We want to be in that fast lane, but we want it to be the pure lane. What Jesus, oh, I read that already. The revival in us comes from the revelation of our, of our relationship with the Father. We have to be in relationship to gain revelation. We have to be induced from the inside out. We have to advance the kingdom of God. If we are true sons, and this is the, we're coming to the end. True sons. I thank God for the true sons of God in this ministry. Because a true son, how do you know a true son? A true son of God is one who has grown to become like the Father. Malachi 4.6. God already said it as the last verse in the Old Testament. He made it very clear, the move that has to change in the earth. And there has to be a respect for sons of God who've already are put in the fatherhood. It says, and he will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children. Our Father up in heaven, His heart has already turned to us, isn't He? We can cry unto Him and hit that right sound, and He's going to come. So now, there are fathers that God has already put out there, sons that are like Him. 
and that have hit a level in him. And he is going to turn a time for a father to have a heart for one of his children. Do you get what I'm saying? There are sons of gods. They are not fathers, but they are like fathers to the father for the children. The father has already appointed them. They're all over the earth. And we actually get assigned to a fold, to a sheepfold. If you're not part where you're to be, you are then a, a lost sheep. You are off road because you're not seeking the voice of God. You're not knowing. If you seek him, he's going to show you and send your spirit right where you need to be. I didn't look up a church and walk through the door. The spirit drew me and put me right where I needed to be. And he put me right in front of some, a son of God, a true son of God. That all of a sudden, if he's the father, he knows exactly what to say to turn your heart. So he says, the hearts of the father to the children. And the hearts of the children, okay, I came in here as a child. I'm still a child, right? And the hearts of the children then turns towards the father. You know who your father is. Come on. I would look at my dad, run to him. You know what I mean? Because I know that's my daddy. When we know that we have a relationship with the father of God, we can trust the, man, the son of God on earth who is like him to do what we're supposed to do in the fold we're connected to. Do you get it? Isn't that beautiful? He says, lest, lest I come and strike the earth with a curse. Man, when you reject the father God has assigned to you, I'm concerned. Because that is like striking the earth with a curse. You actually will be so tormented when you can't go to your father. Fatherhood is so important. You've got to go to the father like a child. Not only are the father, but then the son of God, God has placed in fatherhood. You better be able to go run to him like a child. I do. I cry all the time. Right? I've gotten so used to it. And I, the first thing I said when I, the first time I sat at that conference room table and saw Jean's eyes, I just wanted to cry. And I was like, I'm not going to cry. I'm a businesswoman. I do not cry. I worked at it, you know, but I was really, I was really weak. <laughs> right? All right. Because he was working me out from glory to glory. He was, he was making sure I was born again. He was going to make me work out my salvation. Everything started getting slash, slash, slash. It was like the spirit knives were all around me. I could hear them, you know, moving all around me. But that's how it is. But now look at this. How do you know a son to be like the father? How, do you, how can you identify it? There are two ways they, they tell you here. His heart is turned towards the child. Gene opened his arms in acceptance to me, regardless how messed my life was and how good I pretended it wasn't. Okay? His heart was still turned towards me when the mess started getting revealed. Okay? I did the whitewash tomb thing. I made it all look good. But then when it started getting revealed, I had to trust the man, the son of God, not Gene Hall. I had to trust the God in Gene and really believe his heart was turned towards my, be my benefit. And guess what? Ha I don't even have to ask you to raise your hand. But usually in this journey, there's a time you do not think that they care. <laughs> because the offense, the enemy in you is trying to push away the truth. When love, light, and truth, and you get over your honeymoon period, okay, now the rubber meets the road. Are you going to stay on the highway? Or are you going to deal with off-road damage? 
Right, because if you're not listening to God and you're not seeking God, you can't even hear the father that's in front of you that he's assigned. You can't even hear that person. We've seen people do it. We've seen them get off course. Second, now, his heart, your heart, starts to, you start realizing, this person really does love me. Do you know what I mean? And your heart now starts to turn towards the unity of the vision. Hey, I know, I am married to this building. I call this building my husband. Because now I'm married to the vision. I am, I, my heart is towards the father here. The father, but the son of God who is like the father. And I've watched it. I've watched people receive. Because remember, our Holy Spirit has to be able to what? Receive the pass. When God the father decided, I'm moving Lee here. I'm moving Michael, Christopher, whichever your first name is. <laughs> Pastor Mike. You know, Chris, Todd, any of you here, when God started moving you by the Spirit, Lisa, when he starts moving you, right, there's going to there's gonna be that friction. But you've got to let it go because you're going through your rotations. But at, let me tell you, when you break, your heart turns towards him because you've never had anybody love you so much when you're down. You know what I mean? You've never had somebody just... Be okay when you've really screwed up, you know? You never had anybody just be like a dad and say, I'm gonna, I can take, let me help you with this. Do you know what I mean? But yet, when it, he will not, I'll tell you one thing, a son of God is not going to be an offense to your position. Take that. Take that. A son of God who has been put in fatherhood, they're not the father. They've been like, they have put in a place where now God's going to send them children because they've become to a level enough that they have been able to know God and they're not going to be an offense to your development. We all know what it's like when Gene doesn't talk to us. Come on. You know if he's avoiding you, he doesn't want to be an offense. And offense is he's not going to want to, sometimes you just want to say nice things. But sometimes we can be like the epidural. And be, and be numbing them by saying it's okay when it's time for them to transition and deliver a baby. And you know what? And sometimes when we have to transition, I say, if you're not in the spirit, transition's painful. If you're in the spirit, you're happy through the transition. You're just excited carrying that baby. You know what I mean? That you know because you're in the spirit. In the rest, everybody's in the rest. Everybody's in the rest. Have you entered the rest? That's the question. Do you know what I mean? If you're still in turmoil and some pain right now, then you have not entered the rest, but you're in the rest period. And that's because there's something you still got to do that you hadn't done yet. And God needs you to do it so you can get your 100% return. I never want to disappoint anybody because you do get a return every year. We grow even when we mess up. Man, we just, we got next year. But this time we got it because we already know the playbook. We know the things that God has showed us to do. He'll bring it back to our remembrance. God never gives up on us. Okay. Praise God. Isn't that awesome? So we don't want to go the course of induction from the outside in. We don't want to enter into false fatherhood and false sonship relationships. Let me tell you, it is a compliment that anybody who comes through this door and they know they're supposed to be here, then guess what? You're going to make it through the flood. You're going to make it through the fire. And God is going to refine you into the man or woman of God that he has assigned for you to do. Because we have a, a, sh a shepherd here that's immovable. I'm telling you, this man, immovable. 
There is no moving. I don't, you know, it's funny when I listen to people, I, I love the story of Donna. She was a lady that just never could transition. She just, she kept missing the delivery, kept missing the delivery. But boy, she chased this man down like I've never saw. And you'd hear her little flip-flop run down the hallway. I need to talk to you right now. Jean, just, I am not talking to you right now. And he'd just go. Because he knew, you know, we are not to argue with people. And, you know, we can actually induce something negative, you know what I mean, in people's lives. And when you find a true son of God who is like the Father and God is already assigned, man, go cry to that person. Be real. Transition. You know what Spring said in her transition before she delivered the baby? She said, it got real. Didn't she say that? She said, it got real. The pain, it got, when the water gets, when the water, when it's time for the water to, um, your bag to break, it gets real. So, praise God. That is a lesson. I want to remind you of one last thing. The word says to us that our first promise with a reward is to honor our parents. I mean, no, really, you got to think about this. The first, that's what we have physical parents in the earth that we were assigned, sons of, because we're sons and daughters of man. But then we also have our spiritual parents. The word in Exodus 20, 12, you don't have to put it up here. And in Ephesians 6, 2 reminds us, the Father gives us life. The Father gives us life. In Oh, actually, put it up. Exodus 20, 12, it's good. It is the first commandment that God gave with a promise. We got to put our pride aside. We, we, have very, we can be very prideful human beings. It says, honor your father and your mother that your days may be long upon the land which the Lord your God is giving you. Guess what? If you belong to this ministry, you are part of the inheritance of the land. Okay? So if we honor our parents, our father and our mother, our days will be long upon the land which the Lord God is giving you. He is giving us this land of Savannah. He's giving, he gave this ministry, the land of Savannah for the apostolic move that has to happen. And so he's drawing the right people, but you got to remember, we've got to honor our parents and we've got to keep good honor in here and love because in that, in your service and love, God matures you. It may not be things that you like to do, or it may not be right, but it's going to mature you. Ephesians 6 tells us, it reminds us the same thing. Ephesians um, 6, 2, it says to honor our parents. A promise, oh, you can go ahead and put this. Honor your father and your mother, which is the first commandment with a promise. Praise God. So you see the importance of being in a relationship with the Lord? The importance of being in a relationship with the father is so that you can grow and know his ways. And we want to be able to get through this, right? Knowing the times and seasons and the growth. All right. Praise God. How many people like this? Amen. Did everybody understand? Okay. All right. Well, then let's just pray. And we'll just end the night. And we just thank the Lord. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, Lord, we just thank you with our whole heart, our soul, and our mind. Lord, we thank you for building a strength within us, Christ being transformed so that we can grow from the inside out so our soul can produce the will that you have shared with us. 
Father, we will continue to seek you and open our ears so we can receive what the Spirit has to say, so we can be staying on the path of holiness. Lord, so we can be led by the voice of the Spirit and hearing which and what you want us to say. Lord, just put it in our hearts to surrender and submit to God so that we can, the devil can be resisted. So, Lord, as we submit to God, the devil will move. He will be resisted because you don't want that in our lives, Lord, and you want us open so we can keep moving. Lord, we recognize your times and your seasons and help us if we have not entered our rest. Help guide us in the way in which we should go. Lord, I thank you for your son, Jesus Christ, the one who came and was your true harvest into the earth. Lord, help us to be productive, effective fruit for the advancement of the kingdom because his glory is going to be the receiving of his church, Lord. And we just want to be a part of that church and a part of the big ingathering that has to do with the souls and the growth that you have for your design for the earth. So, Lord, we thank you, we honor you, and we bless you in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen.